Welcome to another edition of the Gold Nose Podcast. I'm your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me, in my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is January 29th, 2020. I have about six segments here for this episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, First segment is entitled, Could Football Ever Become a World or a Olympic Sport? And this is what I wrote about that. Could football ever become a world or Olympic sport? I doubt it. But if it, if it, it would be very interesting to see other countries in this world put together a team and face off with each other and the United States. Most countries around, around the world hate American football. The global game is soccer or football, as they call it. Uh, countries or continents that I think could put a decent team uh On the field, Australia, Russia, China, Canada, Mexico, Europe, Jamaica, and Africa, just to name a few. It would be crazy. I would love to see it happen. That would make the Olympics that much, uh, that more enjoyable. Um, To me, seeing uh, the ESPN commentators that do the Saturday night college football games to call something like this would be awesome. Um, I doubt if pro or major college prospects would play in this uh, fantasy exhibition. So you might have to turn to FCS or Division Two players. Either way, I think either players you would get, I think the USA would dominate. Um, you know, football, American football is our game, um, just like basketball was our game. And it took you know years and years for the world to catch up and they're they're here they they've got you know you got the greek freak you had the gasol brothers i mean back in the day you had uh drazen petrovich excellent three-point shooter um so and in the nfl they have some of the games in london but um you know if you could start a league like that or do it in the Olympics. I I would love to see it. I mean, I think we would dominate. I like I said, you wouldn't even have to put pro players or major college prospects out there. You just put FCS or Division Two out there, and we'll dominate. Cause it's our game. It would. It's gonna take the world several years to catch up. Just like you know, the United States sucks at soccer. You know, that's the world's. That's the world game. And we really haven't caught up to it Um, because soccer is not a big thing here. I know the MLS is doing really good, but it's never going to over. I I don't even see it overtaking baseball. Baseball is number three now. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't think it's ever going to happen that this will ever be a world or an Olympic sport. But it's just food for thought, man, you know. So I hope you enjoyed that segment and I'm going to move on to the next segment, which is entitled Starting Your Own Football League Basics. And here's what I wrote about that. Starting Your Own Football League Basics. Assuming I have an unlimited bankroll, 
I would roll out a 32-team league. I would do cookie-cutter stadiums that they could paint and design, you know, on the outside any way they want to differentiate themselves from the other teams. 50,000 seating capacity, all indoor with real grass. I would have solar lighting to take care of the grass properly. Um, I would do whatever within legal means to get fans to come out, uh, give away cash, cars, food, etc. Um, my teams would be based in smaller metro cities like Raleigh, North Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, Orlando, Florida, San Antonio, Texas, uh, Sacramento, California, just to name a few. No salary cap. Um, the most a player could make in a in a season for his career would be $40 million. So that's the highest that a player would be able to make. Um, all deals would be fully guaranteed. Um, my season for my league would run from uh, February to June, 16 games in a season. I would call it the professional football league. College-style rules for overtime, no ties, 85-man roster, no all-star weekend, one challenge per game, anything is renewable, reviewable, and college-style penalties for targeting. Your, when you go to tackle someone, you have to hit them above the knees and under the collarbone. So basically the chest to like the mid thigh is your aiming point and there would also be penalties if the offensive player lowers his head okay um i would do away with kickoffs every team would start on the 20 yard line after a score um i would still do the two-point conversion or the uh one point kick and um you know that's pretty much it um, everything else would probably mirror the NFL. Um, and uh, let me know what you think about that. Um, that's how I would start my own football league. So the next ep the next segment is entitled Why and How I Became a Florida State Fan. Um why and how I became a Florida State fan. It started with Deion Sanders. I saw him play against Clemson one year. He ran, I don't know if it was a kickoff or a punt, but he ran it back for a touchdown. I was locked in as a fan from that point on. Um, why I became a Florida State fan? At some point, a kid who loves football has to choose his teams. Um, I chose Florida State just because I love the colors and the logo. The rest was history. Um, the uh, going through the rough times, the the missing the field goals, you know, not being able to beat Miami, the Bobby Bowden lean years, Jimbo getting us back, then quitting on us, the Willie Taggart era, and now the Mike Norvell era. I feel like I'm a true fan of this team, and. I hope all of you that are, are that all of you that are listening are diehard Florida State fans. Um, 
you know, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was in kindergarten or first grade or second grade, you know, I just turned on the TV one day on a Saturday. I seen this dude high stepping it's like, who is that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, my cousin said, that's Deion Sanders, man. That's prime time. I said, okay, that's who I want to play like. <laughs> You know, so you you go out you go outside and you play, you know, Sandlot. Just the guy you mocking. You you running the ball in for a touchdown. You high stepping. You dancing. You know. He um. He revolutionized the game, man. He he invented swag. You gotta give that man credit. He invented swag. Um, on the football field. Um. So let me know what you think about that segment. Why did you become a Florida State fan? What inspired you? What, you know, was it the colors? Was it a player? Was it the Bobby Bowden? Was it the tradition? Was it whatever? Um, let me know in the comments. Um, next segment is entitled Top 10 Worst Locations for, cha- for a Championship Game, in my opinion. All right. So number 10, New York City. They had the Super Bowl there. Several years ago with the Broncos and the Seahawks. Terrible. Not, oh, it actually was in New Jersey. Because the Jets and the Giants play in New Jersey. But I didn't like it. Uh, number nine. Jacksonville, Florida. We all know what happened when the Patriots and the Eagles played in Jacksonville. They had to call in cruise ships because they didn't have enough hotels to accommodate the uh, the Super Bowl. Um, Seattle, Washington, just not a good place for a game. The weather, um, the stadium's pretty nice, but I don't think they'll ever get a Super Bowl. Uh, so that was number eight. Number seven is going to be Alabama. Not hating on Alabama. Um, they got the stadium to host it, but they don't have the hotel rooms. Uh, Mississippi, nothing's in Mississippi. They can't host anything. Uh, that was number six. Number five, Arkansas. They don't have any the, enough hotels to accommodate the Super Bowl. Number four, New Mexico. Maybe they could do it. Maybe. I doubt it. I don't think they have a stadium big enough. Number three, North Dakota. Self-explanatory. Number two, South Dakota. Self-explanatory. And number one, Idaho. Super Bowl will never come to those states. <laughs> I don't even think an NFL game will come to those states. And I always wondered, like, for those, for the top five, like, who do they follow as far as sports teams? I always wondered that. Um, so let me know what you think about that top ten worst locations for a football championship event. Next segment is going to be. Um, quarterback or pass rusher which or I'm sorry who is more important quarterback or the pass rusher alright most will say the quarterback is the most important a no brainer but a great pass rusher can affect what a great quarterback does on every play Well, when building a roster 
These are the two most important positions on a football team, in my opinion. The age-old debate will continue forever, even as this year's pro draft approaches. You You got Joe Burrow and Chase Young, quarterback, pass rusher, that will probably go one, two in the draft. This just proves my point even further. A great pass rusher can wreak havoc on the offense and a great QB quarterback touches the ball on every single play. Um, so one could, one could conclude they are equally as important. However, I'm going to have to say that having a great quarterback is more important to me. A guy that can make clutch plays and clutch times is invaluable to me. So I have to say that the winner is the quarterback. I mean, this great game of football, you see it all the time. You know, every team is searching for their quarterback. The Miami Dolphins still haven't replaced Dan Marino. All right. Um, Maybe the Buffalo Bills have finally found a replacement for Jim Kelly. But, and I think the Patriots are about to go through this same thing. You know, Bill Belichick um, had Jimmy Garoppolo and the owner made him trade him. So instead of having maybe you know, 10 or 12 years, you know, 10 or 12 more years of success, you're only going to have like two or three unless you go out and get a free agent that you feel is going to get you back to where you need to be. But I just don't think that's going to happen. So let me know what you think about that episode. I mean, that segment and, um, my last segment for this episode is entitled Florida State 3 and 9 beat all your rivals or 9 and 3 lose to all lose to all your rivals. And this is what I wrote about that. I would pick lose to rivals as much as that would sting FSU Florida State needs a winning season real bad 9 and 3 and a bowl to get to Possibly 10 and 3 would get Florida State back in good standing with uh, the recruits. Florida State desperately needs that. Not to mention the uplifting effect it would have on this fan base. Beating your rivals is always a goal. Winning every game is the goal. But getting players is the goal too. And I mean top players. Having a losing season at Florida State is unacceptable. But some fans um, who hate our rivals so much, they would probably take the three and nine just to brag at our rivals that we did not, we, Florida State, did not lose to them. That's just a crazy way of thinking, in my opinion. Um, Three and nine would not be good for Mike Norvell. A lot of people, including me, would say Willie Taggart 2.0. But I hope this fan base doesn't think like that. So the winner of that, uh, I don't know, comparison or versus is 9-3. and three. I would rather go 9-3 and three and lose to our rivals and have a winning season and potentially go to a bowl game. So let me know what you think about that segment. This uh, this podcast is available on YouTube, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please scroll down to the description. Click on one of the links. Please rate, review, and subscribe. I thank you guys for all your support. I want to thank all my uh, subscribers who listen every day. I really appreciate it. And as always, go Nose.